Welcome to The Land Scene. I'm Lucy Solis, and this is a program dedicated to the people of our city. I wanted to create a place for us to have authentic conversations about the inspired stories, opportunities, and resources available right here in our town. As someone who has spent a portion of my life in poverty, I was able to change my trajectory through the help and the resources available right here in our community. I am proof that when we unify, our city and its people can rise together. Welcome to the very first episode of something we call The Lansing. My name's Dedalia. No, I am not Lucy Solis, but with me in the studio is Lucy. Welcome to your show, Lucy. Well, thank you, Dedalia. <laughs> to give a little bit of background on this, uh, we decided to approach it this way because we wanted to take this very first episode and just, well, give you a chance to get to know Lucy a little bit and, of course, also to talk a little bit about why she is interested in doing the show. I was very, very excited that I connected with Lucy when we here at LCC began the whole LCC Connect concept. We wanted to make sure that the community was a part of what we are doing. And you are officially our first community member uh, to become a part of LCC Connect. So con congratulations and welcome aboard. Thank you. I'm super, super excited. And like I said, very excited to have you on board and to do this. So as the introduction kind of summarized what we were looking to do with this show, let's start off by getting the story behind how you became involved with it. Uh, you know, I kind of brushed on the fact that uh, we connected, but you give the story, the details, the explanation, if you will. Sure. So um, I was invited uh, to be on Dr. Bailey's show, which is the arts artist and advocate. And it was basically to talk about community advocacy, which I love. That's just me doing community advocacy is mm -hmm. my purpose. And uh, after we were done, you and I had a conversation. Right. Uh, we were talking about, I was like, I love this. And you were like, do you want to be a part of this or right, something? Right. I can't remember exactly how. I, I'll, dive, I'll dive into Please. that now if you feel like sure. it. Because here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I, after doing... What I have been doing for so long, like I said, we're, we're involved in the community and very often I get suggestions, ideas, things that we should do. And I often have looked at the people and said, that is a great idea. Would you be willing to front that project? And usually I am met with, oh yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I don't have time. But you surprised me by completely going, yes, I would be on board for that. And you were. And that was awesome. I don't know. I was just stunned because this is something I've always wanted to do. Um, I didn't think it would be possible at that time. And it's just like everything happened at the right time in the right place. Yes. You know, it's something I feel like. Putting it out there in the universe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that was the one thing that both of us were very, uh, I, I guess, enamored by. I don't know what to call it. As surprised by it was, it was like. It was obviously meant that you were meant to be here in the studio at that mm -hmm. time. Absolutely. And like I typically have not been the producer always on Dr. Bailey's show. And like that day, Lane was not available to help out and I had to fill in and you just happened to be the guest. So it was very much the pieces of the puzzle coming together it, and it was just awesome. It was completely awesome. And I was worried too. I was like, is it really going to happen? And it <laughs> did. And here we are. And I'm super, super excited. And that's usually what it takes. 
somebody that's excited about it. And that is usually what I tell people. I say, I am always open to any talking to anybody, creating anything podcast related that we can do on LCC Connects. And I'm saying this also as an invitation to other community members, as I'm talking to you, that this is a platform that we are trying to create for our community mm -hmm. as well as the college. And that's why I was so excited to have you on board because it was like, yes, this is what I want. I want to include the community in what we're doing. I always kind of joke about it, you know, because it's Lansing Community College. I always joke about the fact that it's where community and college come together. Exactly. It's, it's genius, isn't it? <laughs> I put my genius cap on for that one. <laughs> it's interesting because your show in some ways revolves around what you do in your professional life to some, some degree. So let's talk a little bit about what you actually do here in the uh, capital city. Sure. So I am, my actual title is the Community Relations and Faith-Based Initiative Manager for the City of Lansing, the Office of Mayor Andy Shore. And that is a lot to, to, to uh, digest there. So break that down a little bit, Absolutely. would you? Absolutely. So I am kind of like with one role, the liaison out to the community. I attend neighborhood meetings, constituent meetings. I meet with community members. Um, I attend things with the mayor and by myself on behalf of him and bring things back to City Hall. I also oversee the faith-based initiative program, kind of the same thing with our faith-based communities. Mm -hmm. So the liaison between them and the mayor's office as well. Okay. With that role and being from Lansing my whole life, it was so eye-opening because you think you know a lot living mm -hmm. in this town your whole life. But it was very eye-opening to see and to hear the stories of people that were basically in my shoes. Okay. That makes sense. Well, it will in a moment. Okay. You know, we're going to expound on that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, but first, what are the challenges of being in that role? I would say, I don't want to say there's challenges at all. I think it's 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 an opportunity. Okay, it is. It's one of the best roles I've ever had because I can help people, and especially people that were like me, the vulnerable and disenfranchised populations. The opportunity is that I actually have more access to resources that I did not know existed here in the city. So I don't, I haven't, I haven't, wouldn't say there's really challenges. I mean, it's heartbreaking at times. You know what I mean? It's very, Certainly. very heartbreaking. Um, so seeing people down, that's definitely a challenge and seeing people struggling and, and homelessness and things like that. But to be able to help, it's so rewarding and it, it's just a remarkable experience. All right, we're going to get back on track in just a moment. Okay. But see, you just said something that made me think of something else. Okay. On my show, The mm -hmm. Shining Stars, mm -hmm. um, I very often will ask the question, and, and I realize you, you probably do see a number of situations that are heartbreaking. And that can be a struggle to keep your mental health positive, your, your energy level up. Mm -hmm. I like to ask from time to time people that, you know, the, the organizations, the people that deal with those hard subject matters, what do you do to stay positive? What's your approach? You're aware that you're feeling a little bit down. So what do you do? I am a, a faith-based person, so I mm -hmm. do pray a lot. Okay. Um, I meditate, I journal, and I try to look at the situation, what positive can come from it. Okay. And I don't want that to sound like a cliche, but that's truly like I have felt really, really in the gutter, really, mm -hmm. really down. And I've learned that that doesn't help, you know, um, but I just, I just try to look at the positive and what good can come from this versus the bad. 
it's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I worked in an ER for you know a long time, Certainly. and I've seen a lot there, so it, it's very very challenging at times. I am a huge fan of the meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, uh, I love to put on a good tune to to pick me up too. And and I know you're a bit of a music fan yourself. A little yes, bit, yes. yeah. I guess I guess I should have said I like to dance. You like by to myself dance. though. There it is. I, you, I, a lot of fun when you when you're out there in public and yeah. dancing with other people, but but you know when I, you're at home and you turn the music on and yeah 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 know. I get you uh-huh. and and we've been kind of just touching on it a little bit, but part of the reason you wanted to do this show was to help organizations, different groups in the area, mm-hmm. the resources that are available to people. You're aware of them because mm-hmm. of your role and what you do, correct? But not everybody else is correct. Part of the reason that like I said, you wanted to do this was the situation you were in before your professional life, your personal life, everything kind of went in a different trajectory, as we say in the intro. Mm -hmm. So explain to me a little bit about why that experience brought you here. What was your experience? So I was raised in a single parent household Mm -hmm. by a, a dad, which normally, you know, back in the 80s. You know, it was a little bit different. A little yeah. bit different. So I was raised by a dad, me and my sister. Um, and we were, you know, very, very poor and, you know, lived through poverty the majority of my childhood. My dad ended up going back to school here at LCC, well, got his life, you know, back on track. And things were going better for us. And, uh, and then I became a teenager and thought I knew it all and burned some bridges um, and made some really poor choices. And I ended up out of my house and pregnant and sleeping in my car as a teenager. And um, that was really, really hard. I was sleeping in the car wash right there on Rosemary and Saginaw in my car, just crying. And, you know, I had my, I remember just my head on the steering wheel. And then I looked up and there was a payphone there. So United Way had helped us when we were kids. I remember we went to a shoe drive and I got ET shoes and my sister got Daisy Duck. And man, you, I would put my foot out in class because I was like not poor for the first time. You know, I could stick my foot out to show I got, kids. I, I got, got the ET shoes. I got the ET <laughs> shoes. So um, um, I called United Way and the lady I spoke with was just such a gem. Dolores, I'll never forget her name. And she just, she didn't give me any money. She didn't give me anything. She gave me hope and she didn't make me feel like a number. When you're down that low, you feel like you're going to be judged. You're going to be just, you're never going to get your life. Oh my gosh, I'm a pregnant teenager. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And so anyways, she gave me resources. I got, you know, in healthcare, worked my way up, you know, went to school, still had my challenges, Um, ended up being a single mom, which I did not plan on being, you know, I've been through evictions. I've had my heat shut off. I've had to go to the food bank, lived in subsidized housing. Like I've done it all. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but I pulled myself up because the resources here in our community so to be sitting in the office that I sit in, it just doesn't seem real to me that I can actually talk to the mayor. And I am grateful for him giving me this opportunity and um, the city as well, because I never, I never thought in a million years I would be sitting there. And, and, and it's not like the mayor is better than anybody, but he, he has a lot you know, of resources available and he knows the decision makers and he can help. And so I am thankful to be in that position to give back to my community. That is nice. That is nice. Um, I, I, I'm struggling right now to remember the exact words you used, but there was something you said in there where it was almost like you, you had made an erroneous error in judgment. And burn, I know that's not burn, what you br- said. Burn bridges. Burn bridges. Yes. Uh, I was very good at that. <laughs> and, well, here's the deal though. Mm-hmm. I think about when I've done that myself 
in my life. And it doesn't mean it was a good decision by any means. But I also think about how that has sculpted who I am and what I do today. The hardships, the things that I've gone through, which, you know, we all have our own experience. Mm -hmm. And everybody experiences heartbreak. Everybody experiences sadness. Mm -hmm. But without those, we aren't who we are. Yes. And the thing I know about you so far in the short time I've got to know you is that you are a very genuine and beautiful person who cares about other people. Thank you. And you, (laughs) I'm not sure if it's a good thing or not, but occasionally I think, you know, I think Lucy, she might be stretching herself a little thin, a little bit, because you do a lot of volunteering. You are involved with a lot of different organizations. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell people a little bit about what you do beyond your professional life. I mean, and, and even in your professional life, you're still doing that. But you do things beyond that. Like this show, for instance. Yeah. Let's get into some of the different organizations you're involved with, the things you do outside of your professional life. Sure. Yeah. So um, United Way was a big one for me um, mm-hmm. because they helped me out. And we volunteer in all different capacities throughout the city. I uh, sit on the board with United Way and I love that we help all, I mean, Lansing's my hometown, but we do all three counties. Um, so I do a lot with them. The Greater Lansing Food Bank, phenomenal. I had to go to a food pantry before. That is one of my favorite things is serving food. I do that with the city of Lansing all the time, do pantries. Uh, we deliver to senior citizens. It's it's just so rewarding. I, you know, any opportunity, I just worked a drive, a toy drive with the first responders because I was in the ER. I do a lot to help support our first responders, our local first responders. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot with them. Um, you know, we, we read to kids in the classrooms, helping the school district get some resources to help the kids after school that were like me that had nowhere to go or okay. anything to do. So anything that's available to volunteer and help, whether it's just packing up boxes to deliver, helping, we, I got help to get bus passes for kids that don't have transportation, just anything to help people, mm-hmm. you know. It's awesome that you do all that. Uh, I am going to tell you every once in a while, though, you need to take a break, girl. I know. You no. need to take a break from I, time I, to time. I, I know we're talking Even about the eat. beach. <laughs> yes, yes. Head to the beach. I need the beach. Drink your, your mushroom coffee. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and you still need to bring me in some. Yes, I'm going to so, bring you so some So Lucy comes coffee. in with uh, mushroom coffee. Uh, most every time you're here, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she tells me it's awesome. I've never had it. Oh, what did you say? Lion's Breath? Lion's Mane. Lion's Mane. Lion's <laughs> Mane. <laughs> but it gives you Lion's Breath. It gives you Lion's Breath. That's exactly. any coffee, though. Yeah. It's not just mushroom coffee. <laughs> Love it. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, okay. So we created a show. Mm-hmm. Officially going to be starting... Uh, in 2023, you know, we're recording this at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you hoping to accomplish with this show? What, what What's your, your vision? My vision um, is to have people like me have the opportunity to share their stories. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to be on a show. That's fine. But to have a place to go to get resources, to reach out to, see the opportunities out there, see the resources out there, or share their story on how Lansing has helped them. One thing that Dedalian didn't share is when um, we were talking about the show, I teared up 
because mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I never thought it would happen. And, and I, and I struggled. That wasn't up to me to share. That well, wasn't up to you to share. <laughs> I, I just didn't think it would ever happen. And I, and I struggled with the imposter syndrome. And um, I know so many people, like, I never thought that I was good enough ever. Like, most people didn't look like me growing up in that the healthcare environment I was in. Most people didn't have my background. I just never felt like I fit in. I still don't at times. And so I just want those people that are just as good as anyone else, but sometimes they're not seen because Mm -hmm. they don't have the right, they don't live in the right neighborhoods or they Mm -hmm. don't, you know, have the right jobs or supposedly that's, you know, whatever society deems. I want to give them the opportunity to share their stories, reach out, hear the opportunities and the resources here in Lansing. Mm. I can't speak for everybody else, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you that that imposter syndrome that you feel, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably prevalent in most people. I can tell you that I feel like that from time to time. And I I don't know how to get around that. Uh, I know that I just continue to plow forward. But I would imagine that has to be fairly common. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, I only heard about it a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. When I was at the hospital, um, this director gave me this book and said, this is you. You know, and I never heard of it before. And I think as you learn more about it and you experience it and, and understand it and recognize it, you see it more and more in people. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, you know how you recognize something once you learn it oh, and yeah. kind of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I do think a lot of people struggle. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know if it's a generation thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I what I knew, know is my point in bringing that up is, mm-hmm. is it, it, it is one of those things where we very often talk about how we're all different and we all are, mm-hmm. but there are certain things. And it's kind of like I was saying earlier, uh, sadness, heartbreak, um, love, everything. These are all human experiences too. And that's the point is we are all human. We are all one, mm-hmm. you know, and anything that creates that imposter syndrome or that sadness, we all burden that in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point, isn't it? I think we've been conditioned to, yeah, you know, to some degree. Yeah. And, and we've been told, especially, you know, depending on what generation you are, you've been told most of your life, suck it up, buttercup. I believe exactly. this is what most <laughs> of the time I hear. Mm-hmm. And I don't think until probably the last 10 years that I finally acknowledged that when I do hurt or when times are sad, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to suck it up. You know, I, that's an okay feeling. Mm -hmm. And it isn't like my parents ever told me that or, or said that to me. I I was actually raised by um, a single mom. It wasn't like she told me that, but it is one of those things that you, uh, maybe it has to do with our society. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It just, we feel like that sometimes. So, Yeah, we're going to digress from time to time, aren't <laughs> That's we? right. And that's okay. <laughs> uh, but getting back to that human experience, that's kind of where mm-hmm. I was going with this. You kind of brushed on it a little bit there. Mm-hmm. What type of guests, organizations are you thinking of having on the show? So I would love to have people in our community that were helped and hear their story, mm-hmm. just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, organizations that help people share their resources, let people know what's going on, opportunities, events. That's like the community voice. That's mm-hmm. my goal. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody specific you can cite? Like we've already recorded some. Mm-hmm. Mike McKessick. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, he is part of the Mikey 23 Foundation. He has a tragic story, um, but is trying to make the best of the story. Um, and a lot of people know that his son was murdered at mm-hmm. 23, and that's why it's called the Mikey 23 Foundation. And um, I appreciate him coming on to the show. Sharing the story, sharing yes. The story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and when he was talking about it, there was a point where I was staring up a little yeah. bit. Um, Tough. And, and it is that one thing that you and I have, have talked about off mic, but we can talk about it on mic right now, uh, is... You don't want to see those tragedies come about, but it is it is wonderful to see something beautiful come out of tragedy. Mm-hmm. And and by any means, you know, I, I it's like it feels awkward to say that, but at the same time, I appreciate Mike for for creating something like that out of what happened. Mm-hmm. But that goes back to what we were saying earlier, how our experiences transform us and what we do and how we help other people and where we go. And it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It is a good thing. And you're right. Everything is supposed to happen. I agree. Mm -hmm. It's hard to understand at times, but once you get past it. (laughs) Ergo, I had to fill in that day. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We met. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's finally get to that last point of, of where we're going with this. We, you and I went back and forth for the longest time trying to figure out what do we call this show? Mm -hmm. And... As an audio medium, this is a bit difficult to explain, but we are calling it your show. So we'll we'll say you're calling it The Land Scene. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a little bit of a play on words. We're talking about Lansing and scene being spelled S-C-E-N-E. So a little clever. I don't know. Maybe not. I think it's clever. I think it's fun. I think mm-hmm. it's clever. Mm-hmm. Why did we uh, finally land on that? Or why, why did you finally say, okay, this is good. I like it. Because it's telling people what's on scene, what's going on here in Lansing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love like the both of them, like here's what's happening. You yeah. know, it's just, I just wanted it to me, it makes perfect sense. I hope it does to everyone else. But this is what's going on on scene. This is what's happening right now on scene. Here's the resources on scene. Here's someone's story on scene. After we had already come up with a name, uh, you had uh, Justin and mm-hmm. Justin, Justin uh, Sheehan mm-hmm. from the Lansing Promise. Mm-hmm. And he kind of threw us for a loop there. He did. He did. So mm-hmm. thanks, Justin. Yeah. If you're listening, <laughs> thanks. We appreciate that. <laughs> Because we started to kick around the idea, or you did, mm-hmm. uh, kick around the idea of using what he suggested. And he suggested what? Land seen, but like being seen. I saw you, or yeah. Yeah. I, I seen it. I seen it. Here's like what's going on. Here's what we saw. So S-E-E-N. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was appealing as well. It, it fits as well. It does. We were just talking about earlier about, you know, you being in the studio and how you got a little bit of a tear in your eye. And that was part of your your response to him was, I actually felt seen. I did. So it actually did fit. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know, I think both work. But uh, we decided to go with land scene Mm -hmm. as in on the scene. (laughs) Right. uh, Just because it was already ambiguous, you know, and when you're using an audio medium, it can be difficult to convey that. But I think you're doing a great job so far. I have enjoyed sitting in on the recordings that we have done so far. I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) I am looking forward to seeing what comes next. And I am very, very excited to have you on board, uh, part of the LCC Connect crew. So thank you for stepping up and uh, grabbing the microphone. Oh, thank you so much for believing in me. I am very, very grateful. 
Just do me a favor. Don't, don't drop the microphone. We okay. Use them. <laughs> All right. <well. laughs> I like to end on a high note. So yes, uh, Lucy Solis. Yes. Uh, she is uh, the new host of the show, The Lansing. This was the very first episode and uh, an introduction to her and a little bit behind the story, if you will. I uh, hope you will uh, tune again as uh, we continue on here on LCC Connect. You can always check out the show as we go along at lccconnect.org. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me a little bit today. Uh, and of course, next time, it's all you. I'm not going to be here other than to uh, be sitting in on the conversation. I'm super excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to The Land Scene. Music for The Land Scene provided by Joystack. For more information, go to joystack.org. To listen to this episode and others on demand, visit lccconnect.org. If you have a story to share or would like to be a guest on the show, let me know. I'm Lucy, and thanks once again, Capital City. It means so much to me to have the support of our community. Remember, when unified, our city and its people can rise together. Connecting you with Lansing Community College, this is LCC Connect. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. If you're considering returning to school, exploring career options, or needing support in life transitions, Lansing Community College has the Adult Resource Center available to qualified students. The Adult Resource Center staff provides one-on-one -on -one appointments, registration assistance, referrals to community and campus resources, tuition and childcare grants, academic advising, and other helpful tools to help with your educational career. To find out more information, visit lcc.edu and search Adult Resource Center. 23 million small businesses are open for business in the United States providing more than half of all American jobs. What helps these small businesses thrive? A location where people need its services. The availability of good transportation, a well-trained labor force and a healthy infrastructure, an attractive streetscape and comfort and safety for pedestrians. Good planning connects small businesses to the customers they need fostering the competition that helps healthy businesses grow. Whether you own a small business, work at a small business, or bought from a small business, and that's just about all of us, make the connection. Learn more at planning.org. That's planning.org. A message from this station and the American Planning Association. Lansing Community College's Fresh Start program forgives outstanding student balances, allowing students to re-enroll without penalty. Fresh Start does not apply to student loan creditors. Learn more at lcc.edu slash fresh start. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for another edition of Equity. Equity is a play on words spelled E-Q-U-I dash T-E-A. Why? 
because I just love sharing a good cup of tea. Equity is designed to provide you with tips on issues surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion to enhance your everyday life. Ever wondered how you could embrace diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as justice? Where well, here's six great tips on embracing DEI. Number one, everyone's narrative is important. Don't forget to consider your life, your experiences, and other beliefs that have shaped you that might also be shaping the next individual. Realize that each of the 7 billion people on the planet has their own narrative and no one is the same. But understanding those narratives can make a difference. Number two, to embracing diversity, equity, inclusion. Understand where an individual might be coming from. When you find yourself thinking poorly of someone, stop and consider what influences have created your negative views of that individual? Oftentimes, if we would slow down our thinking, we can speed up our learning. Number three, befriend everyone. If you know that you tend to befriend certain individuals over others, begin to check your biases and check your preferences. Go out of your way to meet new individuals and learn of their journey and their narrative. Number four, Demonstrate and show empathy. When you encounter someone, try to imagine, understand, and sympathize with that person's story while also understanding all the elements that came to be to make them so unique. Number five, actively accept. Meditate upon embracing every individual with all diversities that come into your life. Don't allow everyone's definitions to define one person. Develop your own and beware of stereotypes as not one definition applies to all. Lastly, on how to embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion is to show compassion. Perform random acts of kindness, my mom would always tell me. So you do the same because it'll allow you to get to know different people, begin to have unique experiences, and be able to show compassion to everyone that you meet. I've just given you six great tips on how to embrace diversity, equity, inclusion. Here they are again. Everyone's narrative should be respected. Learn that we all come from different walks of life. Three, befriend everyone. Show empathy, number four. Actively accept everyone. And last but not least, you know it, show compassion. Now go ahead and grab your favorite cup of tea and take a sip on all of these great tips. This has been another edition of Equa Tea. We'll see you next time. This is LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College's downtown and west campus offer newly renovated conference and event spaces that can accommodate over 500 attendees. Professional event planners are available to guide you through your experience from setup to catering. LCC offers convenient locations, state-of-the-art technology and hybrid meeting capabilities, in-house catering, free event parking, and on-site customer service. For more information about LCC's conference and event spaces or to request a rental quote, 
please contact LCC's conference services at lcc-events at lcc.edu. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. Summer isn't fun when you're hungry. If only I had a big test today. Or a book report to give. Give me a math quiz. Give me some homework. If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer. I'll stay after class. I'll clean the chalkboard. I'll keep my desk grill clean. So they can stop worrying about food and start focusing on fun. I'll do extra homework. I'll clean the class pet's cage. I'll skip recess. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. School might end, but free lunches don't have to. Find your local Feeding America food bank for help. Together, we're feeding America. Contact Food Bank of South Central Michigan at 269-964-3663. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. Students may apply for scholarships November 1st through January 31st. Learn more at lcc.edu scholarships. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. For some, homelessness can be temporary, while for others it can last months or years. In Michigan, we see families lose homes due to foreclosure or evictions, individuals who are unable to pay rent due to financial insecurity, seniors who don't have enough savings to stay in their home, and women and youth who cannot safely stay with their families. For over 30 years, the Michigan Coalition Against Homelessness has been working to prevent and end homelessness in Michigan. To explain in more detail what the Michigan Coalition Against Homelessness does, joining me on the phone is Lisa Chapman. Lisa is an enthusiastic collaborator with more than 30 years of experience working in state government and the nonprofit sector and on behalf of persons with disabilities and those who are unhoused. Lack of affordable housing and poverty are the central issues that she champions. Chapman is also a proud social work graduate of Michigan State University. And currently, she is the Director of Public Policy for the Michigan Coalition Against Homelessness. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Dedalia. Nice to be with you today. It is good to be with you as well. Of course, we are talking via phone, trying to get everything all together. We, we did the original computer, and that just didn't seem to be working for us. Uh, so I just recently became familiar with, as you call it, MICA. And I didn't really know a lot about it. So let's get started by just give me an idea of what the mission of MICA is and what exactly it does. Sure. So our mission is to serve as an inclusive statewide voice to improve systems and support communities 
to both prevent and end homelessness in a way that leaves no one behind. And we are a statewide nonprofit membership organization. As you said, we're 30 years old. We perform collaborative work with a focus on training, advocacy, and policy work. We also run the statewide AmeriCorps and VISTA programs, and we are an administrator of the Homeless Management Information Data System. So that's just a little bit about MICA. It is a little bit, but still quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So tell me, how, how exactly did MICA come about? So MICA came together a couple decades ago. There were people performing homeless response, which in that time meant mostly sheltering people who were unhoused. And they said, we need to have some way of coming together and sharing best practices and talking about policy and funding. And so kind of MICA was formed out of that effort, out of this kind of the sheltering model and has ebbed and flowed over the years. And now we're started out as just a three, four person organization and we've grown over the years. Now we have about 20 staff that are literally housed in every, you know, we live in every corner of the state. Headquarters are in Lansing, but we literally have people in the UP and every area. We literally do serve our partners. We don't do any direct work. So in other words, we don't directly house people. All our work is done with partners locally in a collaborative manner. And definitely that was one of the things that I learned about you as I was researching this. I didn't understand at first what it was you were doing, that you were working more with other organizations, more than uh, housing on individuals yourself. And I thought that was interesting. And it's also interesting that you've grown from, what, a few to, you said, 20-some people now is is kind of across the organization. Is that what I heard correctly? Exactly. Uh, About half of our staff work on the data management system, the HMIS system. They provide training and technical assistance. It's a system that is mandated by HUD, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, Mm -hmm. for all organizations that are involved in the homeless response effort. And so you have dozens of organizations in each county that if they provide services to people who are experiencing homelessness, they have to enter data into this homeless management system. So our staff help improve that system. We help them perform adequately and clean their data and just learn about how to run the system. Mm. Very good. It's rare when you see somebody that actually has a degree in what they're doing these days. I, I have an, I, know. I have an advertising degree from MSU and I'm doing this. So, right. uh, but you, you, you graduated with a social work degree. So is this something you always knew you were going to be doing as uh, you were growing older or growing up? Uh, I should know, say not older. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I really enjoyed helping people from an early age and was, in a youth group when I was in high school. And so I was exposed to social workers who were working with us as youth. And so it really impacted me and it was something that I wanted to do for a career. And while I haven't always worked kind of in the same system, I I worked at one time with people with disabilities, helping them find housing. Now I'm working on behalf of ending homelessness. I really feel the common thread is trying to help people and improve the systems to make getting assistance much easier than it has been in the past. I see. So how long have you been working for the uh, Coalition Against Homelessness, and how exactly did you become a part of it? 
So I've only been at MICA about a year, a little more than a year, but in a previous role, I was the Michigan Director of the Corporation for Supportive Housing Michigan Program, and I worked very closely at the state level with MICA, and I've known the Executive Director, Eric Huffnagel, as long as he's been at MICA, and so it was kind of fortuitous for me that at the time that I was looking for a new position, Michael was just creating this director of public policy role. It worked out for me and hopefully for the organization, and it's really been a pleasure to work with Micah this past year. Very good. So you deal with a lot of heavy subject matter. You know, homelessness is not uh, an uplifting conversation necessarily. I always feel like in order to keep your mental health in check, you need to have a positive outlook. How do you incorporate positivity in your life when you're dealing with subject matter like this on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it is kind of a heavy subject. However, uh, you kind of have to be grounded in knowing that change happens, but it happens slowly and incrementally. So you have to kind of celebrate those small wins along the way. So it mm-hmm. might be a new partner that you're connected with, or you get to talk to a legislator that you've been trying to meet with for a long time. Sometimes new housing is developed or you get some new funding. That's a win. So you have to definitely have the long view, but know that those small wins along the way need to be celebrated. And know also that we're really trying to work ourselves out of a job and really put policies in place and put funding in place that really empowers people and helps lift people out of the maybe the situation that they're in so that then they can get housed and stay housed. So it's really having that positive attitude that ending homelessness is possible because we've made a lot of progress over the last, I'd say, two decades. I agree. Celebrating those small victories along the way is uh, all adding up to the big victory anyway. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you just got to take uh, your blessings when those come along. Those those small victories keep you going. And, and that is kind of how I actually help to keep myself positive. So do you feel like positivity, is it a natural trait for people or do you feel like it's more of a learned skill? I think some people have that outlook or that orientation, but I also do think you can learn to, you know, be positive. I think during the pandemic, there was a lot of people were ill or people lost people around them. And I think that we all kind of tried to really see the the positive even if it was something, you know, like I took a longer walk today than I Mm. did. You know, we all are affected by trauma differently, but I think really trying to focus on the good things in your life, the good things that happen to you, the things that you can impact, things that you have control over really help keep you grounded and help you stay positive. So I think um, it's something that we can work on every day too. Well, you mentioned the pandemic, and as we went through that in the early part of it, I know a lot of people picked up on different things that they'd never tried before, learning new things. How exactly do you keep, because I, I always feel like in order to keep growing, we need to keep lifelong education in, at the forefront of what we're doing. How do you do that? You know, I, I tried to, um, in my role, I, I read a lot. I look at articles. I look at a lot of the different news sources because Sometimes there are things that communities are doing that are interesting or or unusual, and we can all learn from each other. I try to go on webinars, as well as sometimes I'm the one that is on the webinar and talking about some aspect of what I'm learning. 
or organizationally what we've done. But I think just trying to keep current, and we also have a lot of great national partners who also do a lot of great research. We're always trying to look at data that's telling us are we you know, headed in the right direction. So just trying to be curious and try and keep focused on what's going on in the the housing and homelessness fields that I'm involved in really helps you just be a lifelong learner. Mm. So when you're uh, trying to look at the situation and you're, you're, you're wondering if Micah is uh, accomplishing what it needs to do, how do you guys measure success at the organization? So we're involved with a lot of state partners that work on ending homelessness along with us on a campaign to end homelessness. And we've been working on this statewide since about 2006, we have a plan, we have goals and strategies, and we also every year publish a data report that kind of talks about statistics for how we've been doing in ending homelessness. So, for example, last year, homelessness went down by about 2% across the state. Mm. So we look at those metrics. And we also are, you know, connected with our partners on the ground who might say, hey, we enacted a new law that will help people get into housing. Or we have new partnership with our law enforcement and we're doing ride-alongs with our law enforcement to help decriminalize homelessness and help work with people and get them into housing instead of sending them to jail because they're sleeping on the street. So there's, you know, a lot of different ways of things that we look at to check our success. And then we also have organizationally goals that we're working on. We have a couple big, broad policy priorities. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind, they're just three, Mm -hmm. but they're pretty uh, overarching. We work to increase housing assets. So that's both banding the supply of new housing Mm -hmm. and creating additional partnerships with landlords, which will end up producing new additional housing units but also preserving the housing that we have, getting more funding for Michigan. It's called the Housing and Community Development Fund. It's our housing trust fund in Michigan. We don't have a dedicated source of funding like other states do. Uh, so we're working on getting that enacted. And then also like keeping tenants in their housing. So funding to help them if they're running into issues, paying their rent, trying mm. to uh, avoid evictions. We also are decreasing barriers to housing, so additional tenant protections. And then we're also, in terms of you talked about how do we measure us, as we look at data, and unfortunately across the country and and certainly here in Michigan, people represented in the homeless response system tend to be people that are of minority groups, people that are of color. Single mothers tend to be overrepresented in the homeless response system. So we're also working on strategies to alleviate that as well. All right. Lots of different areas that you actually kind of look at to uh, make sure that you are getting somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, so, so what is the most rewarding part to you personally of doing what you're doing with Micah? That's a good question. I think, you know, sometimes it's as small as being asked to speak at an event, having a new connection, new partner, You know, there's a lot of intersection between, for example, the homeless response system and the healthcare system and criminal justice system. And so having broadening your tent, so to speak, to include other partners that might have the same customers that we do. So 
a lot of social determinants of health impact homelessness and impact whether you're housed or unhoused goes a long way to determine your health. It's really rewarding making those new connections Mm -hmm. because all of our work is done through relationships and collaboration. So I'd say that really is some of the most rewarding because we don't work directly getting people into housing. So getting those systems aligned can help go a long way to help people stay healthy and healthy. I mean, you're talking about collaborations. It sounds like a lot of what you do is collaboration, not only, you know, with all these different organizations, but you've got a number of, we kind of mentioned a little bit, you've got a number of different coworkers that you need to work with. How important are they into uh, accomplishing your mission? They're really key. Uh, We actually meet weekly as a staff to talk about what we're doing, if we hear anything going on around the state, any, you know, new research that's come out, uh, how we are doing on our goals and our programs. And we work very closely. We produce a lot of training for state partners and for all of our partners around local community organizations, shelters. Uh, We also are piloting a curriculum for people with lived experience, serve on boards and serve on committees and organizations. So we're trying to really help include people's voices in anything that involves people who are homeless, their voices should be at the forefront and at the table. So as a staff, we work on including that. We have a a great communications manager who taps us at times to put something in our newsletter or highlight any new initiative that we're working on. So we work very closely as a group. Awesome. It's good to hear that you're doing all this great work out there, too. So other than work, what are what are some other avenues of your life that you're grateful for? So I have a great family, two kids and a partner, and he has two kids. So we just had a grandchild a year ago, so that's super exciting. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. And then uh, I have a group of 14 women. I used to work for the state of Michigan, and mm-hmm. so we all work together at one time or another, and so we go out to dinner at least once a month and keep together as a group. So girlfriends are definitely friendships. It's definitely something that helps keep me sane. And <laughs> It's great to be able to have that ability to, to hold on to those, uh, those relationships even after you've yeah. left the place. Yeah. Yes. It's so important. Definitely. And then I also walk and garden and do yoga and fun stuff like that. Very good. It, it sounds like you're pretty good about keeping your mental health in check, as, as I always say. I try to, yeah. A little bit more uh, before we uh, go, but uh, be- mm-hmm. before we uh, kind of start to wrap things up, I I believe you also, the organization, Micah, it works along with donations as well. As, am I correct in that? We do. We, um, you know, some of the work that we do is funded, and then there are other aspects of the work specifically some of the advocacy and policy work that isn't funded. Mm-hmm. We love to put on trainings, and um, sometimes people will hire us to do that. But we also get donations, and those go a long way to help us put on our programming mm-hmm. in the month of November, Homeless Awareness Month. And so we have a, a toolkit, and we have a lot of a campaign for local entities to also highlight. And so we have special donation opportunities support our work and really help us get the word out about what's going on in Michigan around ending homelessness. 
Very good. And, and so if people wanted to donate, they could go to our website, mihomeless.org, and there's a button right there if people are interested in donating. Well, there you go. That was my next question, actually. Once again, Lisa Chapman, I do have one more question for you before we go, but I did want to say thank you very much for joining me. She is the Director of Public Policy at the Michigan Coalition Against Homelessness. And again, that website again, please. mihomeless.org. All right, very good. Thank you very much for joining me here on Shining Stars and just want to say thank you to you and the organization for all the great work you're doing here in our state. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be with you. Very good. Our final question is the one I ask of all my Shining Star guests. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. All right. If you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? So that thought would be that housing is a human right. Everyone deserves equality, clean, safe place to call their own, to lay their head down at night, to raise their family, to be healthy. And that would be my collective thought for today. Well, you're definitely making the work towards making that happen. So that's good. Right. Thank you. Lisa, do me a favor. Snap your fingers to make it happen. Remember. We can all contribute something good to this world. No matter how big or how small. A simple smile or a friendly gesture is all it takes to expand positivity one inch further. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. On January 16th, the city of Lansing will be holding a Martin Luther King Jr. Day celebration at the Lansing Center. Event organizers are looking for individuals to fill and work several positions for this one-day event. All participants will receive financial compensation and be provided with food and beverages for the day. The Martin Luther King Jr. Day celebration, Monday, January 16th. To find out more information about working this event, call 517-316-7907. That's 517-316-7907. When our son and his wife had children, we thought he would settle down. We didn't know his drinking problems were just getting started. I don't know why he would choose alcohol over his beautiful family. In retirement, I thought my husband and I would enjoy going places and doing things together. Our son's drinking seriously interfered with our plans. All of a sudden, we worried about our grandchildren, and we didn't know what to do or where to go for help. Our son's attorney suggested we try Al-Anon family groups. I didn't want to go because Al-Anon met at a church, but I found out Al-Anon isn't part of any religion. Al-Anon is a spiritual program, not a religious organization. Sometimes they use meeting rooms in hospitals, churches, or schools. I'm glad we tried Al-Anon family groups right here in our community. Is someone's drinking troubling you? You might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon family group. 
from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-ALANON or go to alanon.org. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College is a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason Public School students. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu slash hope. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for Inside LCC, an inside look at Lansing Community College's nationally recognized academic programs, state-of-the-art training opportunities, and innovative technology. I'm Andrea Hoagland, Dean of the Arts and Sciences Division. We've got you covered with programs that nourish creativity and exploration, along with transfer and completion options. Listen as the team explores some of our amazing cutting-edge programs and learn through conversations with students, faculty members, and industry experts. The Sign Language Interpreter Program at Lansing Community College is a -a two-and-a-half-year program that teaches students the skills to work as a sign language interpreter. To be a certified interpreter and work in Michigan, students will need to take a state certification test upon graduation. That test requires an associate's degree. To be a nationally certified interpreter, that is a separate test, which requires a bachelor's degree. The program is structured into three levels, freshman, sophomore, and junior. Freshman sign language students are taking first-year 100-level sign language classes. Those classes focus on grammar and vocabulary. Anyone can take these classes as long as they meet the prerequisites. If a student is interested in entering the interpreter training program, the ITP, they must take a skills assessment screening, which happens once a year in the summer. There is no cap on how many students can be admitted into the program. If they have the skills necessary to successfully pass the ITP screening, they will be admitted. New cohorts for the sophomore year start every fall. At the end of the sophomore year, students become junior ITP students. Both years of the ITP require practicum, which is an opportunity for real-world interpreting experience supervised by a certified interpreter. Interpreters work in a variety of places, K-12, post-secondary, legal, medical or mental health settings, performing arts, or video relay. Salaries can range based on where someone lives, the type of work they do, and their certification level. Sign language classes are offered at a variety of days and times, while the ITP classes are offered in the evening. LCC also has a sign language club, so students can participate in events with their classmates. If you are interested in learning more about the Sign Language Interpreter Program, please call 517-483-5329 or email signadvising at lcc.edu. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, 
connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.